ESPN 1000 remembers Jeff Dickerson. Join us all day for a celebration of our beloved teammate. Good afternoon and welcome into ESPN 1000 um, on what is just a very tough day for all of us, but many of you who listen to our friend Jeff Dickerson, who passed away yesterday at the horrifically young age of just 44 years of age. Um, with Jonathan Hood, I'm David Kaplan. we got Danny Zetterman and Eric Ostrowski here. And Hoodie, I just said to you before we went on the air that I can't tell you how many times my son Brett and I would be in the car running around and I would listen to Dickerson and Hood on the national feed and hear you guys laughing and knowing you both as well as I do. Uh, it was just wildly entertaining. And to think that you and I saw him in hospice a week ago and that here we are today is just as staggering as anything I've dealt with in a while. Yeah. Um, I just... Uh I've been hearing a lot. I know you've got those text messages, and I have as well, regarding how uh, how these people say sorry for your loss, right? Well, if you've heard JD do one Bears report, or if you've met him, or um, if you've worked in this business with JD, it's it's all it's all of our losses. It's not just my loss and your loss or the station. It's for everybody, and um, I just want everyone to know that. Uh, for five years, we worked at ESPN Radio nationally, and uh, it was the pinnacle of my career. Then I worked with you. Then I was able to get another pinnacle in my career to work with you every morning. And um, just uh, when I think about JD and think about seeing him for the last time at, at hospice, you know, the guy all the way to the end, Cap, all the way to the end was fighting. Um, he was just saying, hey, these doctors don't know me. They don't know my resolve. And um, you and I both knew what was coming, but I just liked that he still had fight. He wasn't trying to just give up just because. And uh, I'll always remember how strong that he was all the way to the end, Cap. And it just shows you, and we talk about this even outside of death. We talk about how tomorrow's not promised. And... Um, and that is for sure, knowing that our guy is no longer with us. Yeah, I walked in there, like so many of our colleagues here, and you, and Danny. I walked in there, though, last Thursday. I looked at my watch. It's 8.50. Uh, I, don't, I lost my mother-in-law to cancer. I lost my mother to a combination of Alzheimer's and cancer a year ago. I've lost two friends of mine to cancer. So I've seen the final days. So you kind of prepare yourself walking in. And I got two steps in thinking, I'll stay 10 minutes. Sure. He's not going to want to be bothered. And as I got in the cat, come here, hug me. I need a hug. Let's talk football. And we, I sat down and an hour later, I'm like, JD, I got to let you get some rat. You don't have to leave on my account. I'm not going anywhere. And we talked football and coaching searches. And every time I tried to turn the conversation back to how are you feeling? How's your family? It's, he's the most selfless person that I've met. 
And I was honored to call him a friend. You called him a partner. And I, as I said, I listened to you guys so many times and just laughed. And he would come on either with my old show or our show. Yeah. And I'd be like, don't be so negative about the Bears. He said, you'll learn. You'll learn. Yeah. And now they're being negative about the Bears. So that's for you, J.D. You know, Cap, it's, it's interesting. I, I told him in uh, hospice, I said, um, I said, you know that people are wishing you well. He says, really? He was surprised. One of our takeaways I, I want us to have on our show in our tribute on Dickerson Day is, Cap, he, uh, he didn't know how many people on social media were rooting for him. Correct. Had no idea. I mean, when you're sick, you, it's, the last thing you're looking at is, you know, what's the, what's the score in the NBA game or what's the latest in the NFL? He's just trying to fight. Correct. And so, Cap, he looked at his phone. I said, you know what? Cap is wishing you well. I said, the station's wishing you well. I said, there's Bears fans and everywhere. And he looked at his phone and he looked incredulous like, man, I can't believe that. It's like, man, you got to know that people love you, man. They do. When you're in it every day, like you and I are in it every day, someone will say, I love you, might be family, might be a listener. But when it all comes together, when everyone is saying it, it becomes overwhelming. And I think that for him, as he just kind of, you know, he didn't spend 20 minutes going through his phone, but just for a few minutes, he looked and it was just like, he had that look on his face like, wow, I can't believe that many people are rooting for me and my circumstances. Um, in a business where everything gets out, right? I mean, it leaks out. We at ESPN 1000, and I know me as his friend and his longtime partner, he did not want everyone to know that he had cancer. Right. Um, because ultimately he was trying to fight for Caitlin, his late wife. Uh, again, any help that he could have with, with Caitlin, he was trying to let people know, hey, she's going through a tough time. But for him, in a business that where everything leaks, right? Eight months undercover. That's pretty strong. He did not any want anyone to know that he was suffering. And he still tried to work the beat, as you well know, right yes. up to Thanksgiving. Right up to... I remember, and Danny's at his microphone. I remember you and I are getting ready to have him on. And Danny came in and said, uh, JD's not going to be able to come on. He's not feeling well. And... I knew I'd been keeping in touch with him. I knew he was sick. But when he couldn't do his show, his hit with us, yep. Danny said he's struggling this morning. I knew, okay, that's not JD. That it's advanced, and that's when we found out he had taken a turn. Yep. Uh, JD was tough, man. Yep. Tough. But, man, was he a good dude. Mm -hmm. Like, there are some people you go, yeah, he's fine. Like, you know, people say when you die, what a great person he or she was. Mm -hmm. Because they just say it. He was, that was the truth. Yeah. Like, he was that dude. Like, just an awesome, awesome person. Uh, there are a number of ways you can help support uh, Jeff Dickerson, his late wife, Caitlin. They both are gone. They leave behind an 11-year-old son. He turned 11, I believe, on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Parker is a huge sports guy. He's a very accomplished athlete. He's been on different travel teams. Very talented. Yeah. But he's going to need a lot of support. And so they put out a GoFundMe. His aunt did. Two days ago. And I was told by someone close to Jeff this morning 
the original goal, we, they went, oh, is that too much to ask for $10,000? And someone else said, that doesn't make a dent in his life. Yeah. Ask for more. And they said, what about 100000 We probably won't get there, but it's a big goal to ask for. And the person I talked to who's close to Jeff said, you're going to be shocked how the Chicago community is going to step up and help. You're going to far surpass that. So, again, I've tweeted it. Hoodie's tweeted it. The station's tweeted it. Every one of the hosts here have tweeted it. Right now, they have raised $336,589. That's a great, great testament to Jeff. But that's a drop in the bucket to everything this young man's going to need going forward without parents. That is correct, and I. for those that don't know, this is going to be an uphill climb for him personally um, when you have lost both parents with cancer. Um, and I know that he's got a great support system, though, Cap. He's got the station. He's got the, his baseball and football teams. He's got you know his grandparents still living. But he's got such a great support group, and I just hope that you know whether it's prayers or good vibes or however you say it, my hope is is that you have those prayers and those good feelings for Parker, not just today, but moving forward throughout Correct. his life because of how difficult this is. I want to place you in that scenario. What does that look like when both parents are gone and you're, you're not even 13 yet? How, uh, how difficult that can be. Correct. And um, that, that's the thing that keep res- resonates with me a lot, Cap, is his son. And what his son is going through, what he's thinking now. Right. And what his life will look like. Sure, he's got a lot of support, but it's not the same without his mom and dad. So that's why I say we've got to prayer. We got to pray and rally around him and his family during this very difficult time. When I was at the hospice center last week in Barrington and his mom and dad were there. So it was just the four of us in the room. I know where J.D. got his strength. They were two of the most positive and upbeat around him, and it's obviously horrific for them to deal with. And I remember looking at them and just thinking to myself, I know where he gets it. Yep. That's the Dickerson way. Yeah. And there's a GoFundMe, as I just mentioned. There's also our friend Joe Johnson, the head of Obvious Shirts. He creates... Amazing shirts. Mm -hmm. He has covered a lot of amazing charities. Sylvie Strong being one of them. Team Mongo. He created a shirt and a hoodie, uh, a a whole line that is available at ObviousShirts.com. Every single dollar goes to the GoFundMe for Parker's Fund. Parker being Jeff and Caitlin's son. So if you would like to donate in that way or go right to the GoFundMe, uh, I've retweeted everything, as has Hoodie. And so you can make a donation to the Parker's Fund. Uh, I was stunned to see Jeff didn't ever cover the Eagles. Right. Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, just went on the GoFundMe today. And there's a $10,000 donation from Jeffrey Lurie, who he didn't know Jeff. Right. He didn't cover his team uh, to see that. I was like, oh, my God. Well, great things happen to great people. Yeah. And so that's, well that, that's why that is happening. That's why there's so much support. And even more, more than monetarily is just the love and support that this family needs right now. You talk about 
the uh, family of JD. Uh, his dad is tough, George. His, he's a tough guy. Every time he sees me, he wants to wrestle. He gets into that Vern Gagne stance. He goes, <laughs> come on, big guy. Come on. I was like, George, I don't want to fight you, pal. <laughs> like, but he's always, I mean, every time I see him, and then JD's there like, almost as an official. you just kind of watching. I said, could you get your dad off of me? He, he just sees me and he just thinks, ah, Bobo Brazil. You know, he, really? want, he wants to go after me every right. time, right? He wants right. to wrestle. And so um, that sense of humor and that, um, that strong family base, it's no question that JD always had that as a kid. And he tried to provide that for Parker for a long time. Jeff covered the Bears for 20 years. It's a long time. I'm probably the most competitive beat in this city. Uh, one of the players he grew closest to, someone I'm honored to call a friend. Uh, he's been great to the radio station. Robbie Gold of the San Francisco 49ers will join us next to share his stories of our guy, the late Jeff Dickerson, as we pay tribute to J.D. all day here on ESPN 1000. As we look back on and celebrate the life of Jeff Dickerson today on ESPN 1000, please consider making a donation at the GoFundMe page for Parker's Fund. My friend Jonathan Hood, not in our normal time slot. We got to sleep in this morning. Yeah. When we got up, came down here, I listened to amazing stuff uh, from 7 to 10. And then I listened to Waddle, Sylvie, and Carm, who had worked in them for so long. And it's just stunning that we're standing in here at 118. And we are talking about the loss of Jeff Dickerson. It's just yeah. a gut punch. Again, Parker's Fund on GoFundMe uh, is available. If you follow me on Twitter, at the Catman or at TweetJHood, we both have retweeted it. And Obvious Shirts has created a line of JD shirts and hoodies. And every dollar, 100% of the proceeds, go right to that GoFundMe. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, just made a $10,000 donation. And I don't believe JD knew him at all. It just tells you what type of young man uh, Jeff Dickerson was. Uh, one of his f- very, very close friends, uh, and we don't get close to too many players, but this guy is a Chicagoan through and through, even though he's kicking for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he's an awesome dude. He's Robbie Gold, and he joins us now. Robbie, uh, thank you for taking time. I know you're in the midst of a season and a playoff run and all that, but you and Jeff had grown very close during your time in Chicago and beyond. Uh, how are you today, and what do you remember about J.D.? Uh, well, obviously, it's a tough day uh, for everyone, you know. Whenever you lose a friend um, way too soon, uh, somebody that you looked up to, um, not only as a great father and a husband, uh, but a mentor and, and to me. And, you know, I did some uh, radio shows, and how Jeff and I got really close is, you know, just his relationship he would build uh, with the players in the locker room, and then leading into doing some radio shows uh, throughout my career with him uh, co-hosting. Um, you know, you always ask yourself, like, why him? Why now? Uh, and we might not ever be able to obviously have those answers, but I think some of the silver lining that I've taken away from this is, um, and I'm sure you guys have heard these stories all day long, but 
just the amount of people that he's been able to touch, the ability for him to bring um, positivity to any situation uh, has been, for me, uh, very uplifting throughout my career. So um, he's going to be very well missed and obviously gone too soon. Robbie, it's always good to have an ally um, in the media, someone that could be a sounding board at times. You know, um, what was that relationship like with you and JD? In which, hey man, there could have been some frustrations that you might have had throughout your career, and you're like, you know what? Let me just talk to you for context. What was that conversation like at times with him? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, JD and I got to know each other obviously in the locker room as he interviewed the players, uh, but I also doing the shows like I spoke about earlier. I think something. To me, that became very apparent is uh, just the friendship that I was able to create with him that really wasn't around football. You know, when I didn't play for the Chicago Bears and, you know, I played for the Giants or the 49ers, he'd text me, ask me how I was doing. I'd call him and check on him and his wife and obviously Parker. And, um, you know, it even went to where we'd go out to dinner or we'd go out to lunch and just catch up and didn't have to necessarily be about football. Um, it was just about life in general. Uh, you know, one of the here I am as a new father. Um, you know, he obviously has a son, Parker, and, and, you know, I'm leaning on him for, you know, advice of what to get ready for. And, and, you know, I'm leaning on him to tell me, you know, it's like coaching his kids in sports and, and things like that. You know, those are, are moments for me um, that uh, I will forever cherish. And it's more the, the, the ability just to have that kind of friendship and, and to have somebody to lean on, whether it be in football and the media world or uh, being just in life in general. Um, and I was pretty fortunate to have him as a friend, that's for sure. Robbie, for people that aren't in the media, they're cursory sports fans from a distance. They like, they watch the game, but they aren't in it like we are or like you are from your end. There are not a lot of media guys that get close to star players like you were here in Chicago with JD. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, I think you know the the unique thing about really the whole ESPN family, truthfully, um, because I talked to Sylvie when he was going through his battle of camp cancer, and you know obviously Waddle was a former player for the Bears. Cap, we've stayed in touch uh, a good bit. You know, I think um, one thing that shines kind of a light on any story that JD had written or whatever he talked about on the radio or whether it be on TV, you know, he always wanted to make sure that the story was true, that the story was right, that the story was heard exactly how it was going. Um, and I think those relationships that he created in the locker room were a big part of how accurate his reporting was. He wasn't trying to, you know, back the bus up all over somebody just to create a name for himself. He wasn't trying to, get an edge just to sell a newspaper or get a headline. You know, he was there trying to get exactly what was going at the time so that the fans uh, understood what was going on, whether it be in the business of football or the interview. Um, And then I think you see the owners, uh, you see the players, uh, you see staff members and coaches uh, respect him for for doing his job, one, at a high level, uh, but two, doing it as accurately as possible um, without really rocking the boat. Robbie, he was um, someone that didn't want anyone to know that he was going through this illness, going through cancer. Um, was, did he keep in contact with you, let you know what was going on with him? Because, you know, we at the station knew what was going on with him, but he did not want anyone to know. What about from your end? 
Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I found out about it, uh, through, um, another media friend of mine, um, who we are all really close together. And, um, I reached out to him and, you know, I kept in contact with him over the year and a half of his fight. And, and during that time, you know, the strength, not only that he exuded, uh, that he's going to beat it even to, um, I talked to him, we played Thursday and then I called him Friday morning. Um, knowing that, you know, he's going through, um, a rough time, uh, near the end. And I wanted to make sure that we got a chance to speak. And even then, you know, the strength that he thought he could still beat it. And, you know, the ability, uh, for him, you know, uh, to, to really exude that strength, not only for everybody that was around him. Um, whether it be his ESPN family, his family, or his friends. Uh, I think, again, anybody who's come in contact with Jeff understands his positivity, understands uh, what he meant to you as an as a individual. Um, and I think it's definitely a situation that uh, he'll, he'll, he's going to be missed for, for a very, 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 very long time. Robbie, before we let you go, we're talking with Robbie Gold of the San Francisco 49ers, the longtime Bears star kicker. When you first got going in the NFL and you're establishing yourself in Chicago, a lot of players have said to me, yeah, we, ha- we cast a wary eye at you media guys because we don't know exactly what your agenda is. How quickly did, it, did you figure out that dude's different? I can trust that guy. Well, you know, listen, like it's Chicago, New York. Um, those are some of the most competitive media markets there are, right? There's multiple newspapers, multiple radio stations. Uh, there were young beat writers, uh, radio reporters, hosts, you know, trying to make a name for themselves to grow, whether it be in a national company or whether it be a local company. Um, and I think the big part about, you know, as a player, you look for the conversations, you look for like taglines, you look for a catch question. Um, and literally every time you would have a conversation with, with JD, it was written verbatim exactly how it was. And he would ask you, Hey, is, is this accurate? Is this right? And, and he'd double check this work. And, you know, I think um, in a media market like Chicago, where people are trying to find, a headline where they're trying to hang on one single word. Um, I think JD put all of that on the back burner and you knew right away that all he cared about was making sure that whoever the reader was or the player um, coach or the team uh, that he wanted to make sure that the story was told uh, in a different way than what most people probably would um read it. And I think that's what gave him credibility. I think that's what gave him uh, his ability to go from a producer to being one of the everyday guys uh, on ESPN. Um, and you knew right away, as soon as you met him, just his life, uh, like the, the life, like the, the life he brings to a room, the conversations he would have with you. Uh, you knew he was passionate about it and you knew that uh, he wasn't out to treat you in a, in a bad way. Robin, we appreciate you taking time. We wish you all the best. A lot of people back here still miss you, man, and we look forward to when you're back in our community. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on today. All the best and, to you. Uh, go grab those T-shirts and uh, 
I bought one this morning. It's pretty cool. So thanks to Obvious Shirts for doing that. And, um, yeah, it's the best. We'll miss you, JD. All the best. We'll, <laughs> Thank we'll you, talk Rob. to you soon, Robbie. Thanks. Thank you, Robbie. Appreciate it. There he is, Robbie Gold, the star kicker of the San Francisco 49ers, former Chicago Bear. He makes his home here. He built a home here. This is where he spends the offseason and where he'll spend the rest of his you know, future after he's done playing. And he's a really good dude. We talk about J.D. being selfless, and there will be some anecdotes I'll tell you within the three, work, three hours of our show today. And You know, in Wrigleyville, J.D., and I took out some of the young producers struggling financially, right? Just getting in the business, not making a lot of money. So we're in Wrigleyville, and the beer start flowing, and the shots start flowing. Of course, if I'm around, they start flowing, right? Mm-hmm. So, J.D., you know, you know me, Crown Royal guy, brown liquor guy, and a beer. He's a wine guy, of right. course, right? Big-time wine guy. After about four or five of those, J.D. says, you know what? I'm paying for the bill. I got it, man. You guys don't even have health care. He goes on for like 10 or 15 minutes talking about the healthcare system within sports radio. How it could be a lot better. You guys are just in the business. You know what? Hood and I will take care of it. It's like me. He goes, he goes well, I'll take care of it. Right. And so um, even in that situation, selfless, this is like, you know what? You guys, you don't have health care. You're barely scratching the surface. You can't make ends meet. We'll take care of you. And that's who J.D. was. That's who J.D. was. In fact, I was up in my office upstairs. And I was looking for something, and his favorite wine was the Prisoner. And somebody had gotten me a bottle of the Prisoner last year. It got sent here. And, of course, with the pandemic, everything shut down. Nobody's around. So it was sitting behind some books on my desk. And uh, the credenza behind me. I pulled it. I'm like, oh, my God. That's a sign. I'm going down to do this. I brought the bottle. I have it down here. I'm going to take it home tonight. And I'm going to drink it in his honor. You were cleaning out your office, not because you were retiring, right? You were just doing it just for... No, 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 just making way for new bosses. Oh, I see. I thought you had an announcement to make on top of yours. No, absolutely you not. Are a, you are a topper, so I thought maybe today would be the, the day. No, there's this hippie-ish looking dude that is moving into a different role. Oh, I see. And I'm sure that will become his office. Oh, I see. So I'm just moving stuff around. Okay. Because when you say you're moving offices, I... I won't be giving up all the keys. Okay. So when I have to go in and finagle ratings or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I can get into Danny's office. I see. Okay. Yeah, but, I'm just asking. And as we celebrate JD and all of it, we're going to have laughs and tears and all of it. And a bunch of guests. Hoodie and I do want to say congratulations to Danny, who's the new director of content here at the radio station. Well-earned deserved. Just remember, take care of your guys. Absolutely. Make sure you take care of Waddle and Sylvie. That's no question about that. (laughs) The anchors of our station. Go ahead. J.D., we love you, man. The Parker Fund on GoFundMe right now is at, let me refresh it, uh, $345,892. I'm hoping we can get that thing well north of five hundred grand. Love to see that. Uh, and again, Obvious Shirts. Hoodie and I both retweeted it. Obvious Shirts. Joe Johnson is an awesome dude. He's created a line of JD Wear hoodies and T-shirts. Every dollar, hundred percent of the proceeds go to that GoFundMe. Please help out if you can. Uh, we'll talk. Let's see. Uh, we'll get we'll get some calls in. We've got Jeff Joniak, Roman Madrowski, Adam Hogue, Jason McKee, Rob Domovsky, and then Fred Hubner's in at four. Black and Abdallah at six. We'll be right back. Thank you.
As we look back on and celebrate the life of Jeff Dickerson today on ESPN 1000, please consider making a donation at the GoFundMe page for Parker's Fund. I'm open-minded because I don't care that they have 10 tight ends. They really have three, and they needed better tight ends. So I don't mind that, and corner was a need, and um, this is a guy that potentially could start. So uh, I was very kind and gentle. I think seeing the wolf drafting for the Patriots a couple hours ago really changed my perspective on the evening because I think once I saw that wolf, once I saw the former, the future Bears general manager sitting in that chair in Nantucket making that uh, Division II safety pick, I said, you know what, it's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. There's Virginia saying, we can't do any worse. Here's the wolf from the Patriots. Ted, can you tell us why the wolf uh, maybe was better than some of the other candidates? Well, I mean, he's been around a winning culture for years now. And, the, of course, the pedigree. Of course. I mean, the wolf actually cuts the players from the Patriots. They send the wolf, and he goes to the locker room, and he, and they, he pulls them out by their shirt tails. And then if they, if they mouth off, you know, the wolf will, uh, will escort them out of the building. So the wolf, uh, he plays a big role in that operation. It's, it's Belichick. It's uh, Casero, I think it is, and then the Wolf. Now I know uh, Patriots reporter Mike Reese, and now I know his uh, the source, <laughs> where right? He, where he gets his inside information from the from the Wolf, from the uh, the Patriots Wolf. Hello, Mr. Yep. Wolf. Woo! <laughs> Brady's out, huh? Going to Tampa. Woo! All right. Have a good You're night. Here. What? Gronk? Gronk is back to Tampa. <laughs> woo! 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 <laughs> Division two safety. Oh, I got to write this in my notebook for Saturday morning. Woo! You too, Wolfie. <laughs> he was a wolf right there in Belichick's room. I don't know why he was in there. Well, he makes well, the picks. I mean, it's a cutthroat mentality. <laughs> Thank you, my friend, as always, for your time. They tried to pin the flake it on the wolf, too, but he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's on Tom. Woo! I would love for a New England reporter to ask him about the wolf. Bill, what do you think about what's, what's with that wolf in the in your home? Is that, with that nineteen nineties furniture? What wolf? <laughs> exactly. He doesn't make the wolf available to interview. You're not taking no. the bear's job. No, not good enough for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bad job. No, not <laughs> Thank you very much, Wolf. All we, right. we appreciate your time and your friendship. The Wolf Pack. That story is sensational. And I remember watching the draft when we thought they're going to cancel the draft or move the draft or not have a draft because of the pandemic was in its infancy at the time. And listening to you guys tell that story, I remember watching the draft going, okay, I got three dogs. What is Belichick doing there? (laughs) He's at his dining room table and like the one dog's on the chair. I'm like... What is going on over there? Just weird because that dog looked like a complete wolf. Yeah, I don't know what what those. I don't even know what those. I dogs have look one like. Siberian husky. That's what it looked like. Yeah, yeah. so it looked, that's what it looked like, and it just like we now we know where Belichick got his gets his information from his dog or wolf. Correct in that, in that scenario. Should I take this guy from Division Two? <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. Just, you and JD had me rolling with that story. Just but it, it, it's no different than our show in which. Hey man, there's a lot of balls and strikes and footballs in the air and gambling and all that, man. But it's nothing like being able to have fun. Yes, 
You know, we, yes. we we'll get to we'll get you the football information that we that we can give you, and so that goofiness and that nonsense was on a national stage. Um, there's been producers that's worked at ESPN Radio, past and present, um, that reached out to us and said, "Hey, man, I didn't know what you guys were about. We just knew you were from Chicago. They got all these shows from all over the place: the Minneapolis show, Cleveland show, L.A., New York. So there's all these people that they usually don't see, right?" So they see Dickerson and Hood, and they don't know what that means. Like, it's Dickerson and Hood, and they're based out of ESPN Chicago. Okay, we get give them reverence. They're, in, uh, they're in owned and operated. We give them reverence because they're in Chicago, right? But they didn't know what we are. We brought a Chicago flavor to the national scene. Yep. And, and they were just taken aback like, wait, you guys can talk about LeBron and laugh? You guys can talk about the Cowboys and laugh and actually have fun with it and be able to make bits out of the – I think that they were stunned because usually it's straight-laced – Right to the sound, right to the calls, strong opinions, strong takes, on to the next segment, right? Right. Everything's formatics for them. We didn't do that. We broke the formatics. We played disco music. That's what made it fun. Yeah, we played disco music as bumpers. As a listener, I get in the car, I want to be (laughs) entertained. I don't care about the backup right tackle. I don't. Now, again, we all do it differently, Mm -hmm. but we did it our way. Yep. The ESPN Chicago way. And being cussed out from Tampa to Tempe was fine for us, <laughs> you know, it, right. because some people liked it, some people didn't. But the point is, though, is that we had fun. No question. By the way, Adam Schefter just tweeted. Uh, he retweeted the Parker Fund and said he had orig- originally tweeted Jeffrey Lurie, owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, just donated ten thousand dollars, and we just got another big one. The Chicago Blackhawks have just made a five thousand dollar donation. So. As this thing continues to grow uh, to help Parker be able to go to college, he's 11. That's going to come quick. Seven years is going to fly by, and you're going to be like, oh, boy. Uh, so right now, that GoFundMe is at $355,645. So I don't, thank you to everyone that's given. Cap, I don't know how much Parker knows this now, but at some point he's going to realize his dad wasn't just – a Bears reporter or someone he knew from Vernon Hills, he meant a lot to a lot of people. And I'll say this a lot here on our show. Good things happen to great things happen to really, really great people. Yep. And J.D. was that guy. He was absolutely that guy. Three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. Let's go to uh, Gideon up in Skokie. Hey, Gideon, welcome to ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. I just want to send my condolences to you all as well as to Jeff's family. Um, So thinking of you all, I do have a a funny story. Uh, I was at a Lance Briggs show where J.D. was covering for the guys, for, for Waddle and Sylvie. And after the show, I wanted to introduce myself. And um, I... I didn't really know how to introduce myself, so I saw J.D. go into the bathroom, so I followed him him into the bathroom, and he's standing at the urinal, and I knew he went to U of I, and I just go, I-L-L, and he responds, I and I, while standing at the urinal in the bathroom, right. and without missing a beat, he, he said, what's U of I doing promoting Bill Cubitt to being the head coach of the Illini. And I, like, I was stunned he even said anything, and then he and I had a five-minute conversation talking about 
the Illini talking about Chicago sports. He was just such a nice guy to talk to me after how I awkwardly said ILL to him in the bathroom. <laughs> well, that's a great remembrance, and that speaks to who J.D. was. Gideon, best to your family. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Gideon. He, he never he never stopped stream. He just kept going with the I and I. That's it. And then you, of course, had Jay Cutler who would stand there and go, "Don't care." Yeah, those course. were the two perspectives. Of course. Uh, let's go to Nick in Dwight. Hey, Nick. Hey, Cap J Hood. Uh, first off, how are you guys doing? We are hanging in there as best we can because he was such a wonderful, wonderful person. He was, and I'm. I covered Loyola the last few years. I went there. Uh, Kath, remember, I worked with you at NBC Sports. And mm-hmm. Cody, we met at a UIC game one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met J.D. through covering Loyola, and I wrote about this yesterday. He was a huge help in my career, and I heard you say Roman Madrowski's coming on. Uh, he introduced us. He introduced me and J.D., and it was a lasting connection, and yesterday was, was tough, and I can only imagine how it was for you guys. And, you know, the lessons – he taught me as a young journalist, I'll never forget, and he was a great mentor. And I just wanted to come on and just kind of express that to you guys. And I know the impact he felt seeing all the stories. It's great. And I just wanted to share the personal and the lessons. He always he always told me to always go in the locker room for stories. I met him. I ran into an Arch Madness one year, and he took me to the locker room to get stories. And it was the best lesson he taught me. And going to miss him like crazy. And I found out he was sick last week, and it's been it's been tough. And I appreciate you guys having me on as well to talk about it. And I wish you guys the best in the new year. You too. Nick, thank you. Stay safe and healthy. So similar to you and I, um, before we started working together, where we could always spot each other from like 100 yards away. You're doing Northwestern and I'm covering an event. or I'm doing UIC and we see each other and we could just point at each other and know there's my guy. We were pointing. This is a true story. You and I were doing, you were doing UIC radio. I was doing UIC TV with, I think, Jordan Burnfield. Yeah. And in the middle of action, our eyes locked from one end of the arena to the other, just pointing at each other. Yeah, We just always clicked like that, and you and J.D. had that. We, we had that. He was, I'm doing UIC radio at uh, Gentile, and he's doing the TV with Burnfield in Gentile, and UIC is just, just struggling. Just struggling. And I'm just, you know, layup is good, timeout, McLean. He's seen enough, and so have I on the Flames Basketball Network or whatever, right? <laughs> and so, and then, and then during the timeout, you could, I could see JD from across the way because the TV's different across the way, holding his stomach, pointing and laughing, laughing directly at me, pointing that as if to say, "Take that, your team sucks." Yeah, because you're down twenty five. <laughs> just he's holding his stomach, Kev, just like ah, ah it, it just because he's having the time of his life. Loyola is on a roll, and I'm just dying, you know, on the other side, just trying to keep it together, right? Because UIC is losing, but and JD loved that Loyola beat. I think that's undersold. People don't realize, like you and I love college basketball. We love being in the action, calling the games, right? When JD got the opportunity to do color for um, some of those NBC Sports Chicago games, he loved it. Loved it. I said, man, you sure you don't want to do more in the valley? He goes, no, I just want to just do. If they ask me to do Loyola, I want to do it. He he loved it. He loved that team, and he kept bringing Parker also to those games as well. Parker was sometimes he would um, sweep up the uh, the floor during yeah. timeouts. Yeah. So he so he brought brought his son, and he just loved the Ramblers. He did love being around Porter. Porter had something nice to say to, about him on social media as well. So you know I know the Rambler family hurting um, today too because 
he loved being around that Rambler team. Yeah, I heard uh, Porter call in on Waddle, Sylvie, and Carm a little earlier, and he was exceptionally eloquent. Uh, all right, we'll take a fast time out. Again, Parker's Fund on GoFundMe. Just check my Twitter, at the Catman or Hoodie's Twitter, at TweetJHood. And the Obvious Shirts link we've also retweeted. You can buy a really cool JD hoodie or T-shirt with 100% of the proceeds going to that GoFundMe uh, there's been a lot of high-profile donations. I was just told the owners of the Cubs just made a big donation. So, uh, the, as I said earlier, the Blackhawks gave out gave a five thousand dollar donation. Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, ten thousand uh, dollars, and many, many more. So, if you can to help Parker, it's called Parker's Fund. Uh, we would really appreciate it. We'll take a fast time out again. Jeff Joniak will join us at two. We'll be right back. ESPN 1000 remembers Jeff Dickerson. Join us all day for a celebration of our beloved teammate. We continue our tribute to our late teammate, an amazing, amazing man named Jeff Dickerson. Bears head coach Matt Nagy, he takes a lot of slings and arrows for his football team. But one thing you can never say about that guy isn't that he is a wonderful person. Matt is a great dude. And whether his team's good or not, whether change is coming or not, is irrelevant on a day like this. And this is how Matt Nagy started his media session today. I want to start off by giving my thoughts and prayers to uh, to. Jeff Dickerson's family and his son Parker. Um, obviously, it's a it's a tough day for all of us. We we know how much uh, Jeff meant to all of us. We all have different stories, be you know, with him. And um, for me, you know, I, I was able to have um, four good years, uh, being able to learn who he is as a person and get to hear his stories. And and when when I think about Jeff, I I think about you know how positive he was, which you know we all talk about. He's always glass half full. Um, with me, he was always very supportive and respectful, which, you know, is uh, is pretty neat in, in this day and age to have somebody like that um, from the very start. Uh, and, and I appreciated that. Um, you know, I think about the good thoughts I have with him and, and I think back to this past draft, I, him as a prognosticator. I mean, he I remember him texting me a couple of days before the draft and uh, and talking about all these predictions of who we may draft and may not draft. And he said, he's going to go ahead and say that we're going to draft Tevin Jenkins. And uh, it was, it was crazy, uh, you know, that that ended up happening, but uh, he didn't care about what anybody else was saying. That's what, that's what he predicted. And what do you know, you know, so he, he never, he never ended up bragging to me about that, which is just kind of who he is. Um, But I think he always knew that I, that I knew. So uh, he's positive. He's a, uh, prognosticator and and the last thing is you know how proud he was of his son Parker um, you know I just I go back to thinking of all the uh, you know the the stories of the conversations before we'd ever talk football it was always about um, you know the the baseball tournament that he was playing or you know the football game and it's just who he was so um, you know he's he's uh, super proud and I think that that's uh, you know we know that I think that um, in a lot of ways, Cap, that brings the curtain down on what the perception is between reporter and coach, reporter and player, right? Mm-hmm. 
we can say it a million times and it will resonate with some people and some it will not, but it's, um, it's never personal. Correct. But I think that that is proof positive that it's not positive. It's not personal. The idea that JD has a rapport with Matt Nagy and still say that guy's not doing the job or that team lost and here's why doesn't mean it's personal. JD didn't go to bed thinking how bad the bears are. What he did is, is as a reporter, he talked about the facts and just said, hey, this team's underachieving. Here's why. And here's the thing. Matt knew that, too. When I, when I tell you, it's like whenever the end is for Matt and you'll be able to get the interview, you go, oh, no, no, no shot. No, but Cap, you're a great person. And he knows that when you say, you know what, it's time for a change. It's not personal on the individual. It's about the circumstances. It's Correct. about the business. And so that sound gives you a great example of hey, man, you're underachieving as a head coach. Your team isn't very good, but I like you as a person. Correct. I had a chance to get to know Matt a little bit, and people who know him far better than I do all said he's that guy. He is a great person. Just not as good at his job as he needs to be to continue. So, But to hear what he said was beautiful. Here are some of the top donations that have come in. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, ten thousand dollars. The Chicago Blackhawks Foundation, five grand. Tom Ricketts, five grand. Um, his longtime agent Barry Meister, and I believe his son, six thousand dollars. The Los Angeles Rams. He never covered the Rams, twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, Jed Hoyer made a donation. Bob Verdi, Peggy Kaczynski, Jim Pastor, our former GM and president here. Uh, Jim's a wonderful person, and he made a $1,000 donation, and there's just so many of them. And the fund for Parker continues on GoFundMe. It's at $369,108, and I hope it continues to grow because that little boy, Parker, uh, what he's going through, no one should ever have to go through. To lose both parents in two years, it's, no brothers and sisters, yeah. it's him. It's uh, It's unusual circumstances right um i I just want to make sure that we are able to talk about this man's strength about jd's strength his personal strength cap because um i'll tell the kobe bryant story for those that have not heard this so we're on talking about lebron and talking about you know the cowboys and all of a sudden we find out about kobe bryant's death like two, three minutes before we're supposed to go on the air. You know how it is, like with Danny, right? We have a whole show planned out as far as the things we want to hit, things we want to do. And then all of a sudden it just changes because the news changes. So now all of a sudden what you had is now a blank slate. And now if you remember on that Sunday, and I'll never forget this, the news was inaccurate about Kobe. It was Kobe and his wife. Kobe and his kids, Kobe and Derek Fisher, or Kobe and a few other Lakers that all perished in that helicopter accident. It was all, all the news was sketchy. All we knew is that Kobe was gone. Right. And so, you know, we're hearing this four minutes before we get on the air. Guys, we're hearing this story about Kobe Bryant. We're still getting information. We're still getting information about Kobe Bryant. Hold on a second. Two minutes before the show. Yeah, we believe his wife might have passed away in the fire. We're finding out more. Uh, Two minutes Yep, it's official. Kobe is dead, and so is are his daughters. Three, two, one, go. And JD, the Tower of Strength was able to just put the play in the air and just keep going. And I was a mess. It's Kobe Bryant. Yeah, 
I, Cap, I was a mess. And I don't know what I said on that show. And I, I try to do my best to help him. But while this is going on and the enormity of it, of Kobe Bryant. And the facts are changing. And the facts are changing. The fact, And you don't know who's dead besides, besides Kobe. You don't know. And then you're trying to talk with the facts changing. And I was just bawling. I, I was a mess. And, but I just want to just let everyone know that he's the guy that had a lot of strength. At his wife's funeral, he spoke at his wife's funeral. Now, I don't, and I don't know how, how often that happens at funerals where someone in the family, especially a husband, is going to speak on behalf of the family. Usually it's family members or someone else. But J.D. stood there with the mic and just was making sure everyone else was okay. And that's who he was. Correct. And, and that's, that's how I choose to remember him. Cap, in that situation, I'm not, I don't think I'm taking the mic in that spot if it's my wife. Right? But, right. But, but J.D. was just trying to reassure everyone in the room that he was going to be okay, that Parker was going to be okay, and that, you know what? She's she's gone, but you know what? We still have each other. And so I just want to make sure that we before we leave today, that we talk about the man's strength. Everybody's not built that way. Correct. And whatever he was going through privately, I don't know. You could only talk to someone and try to let him know that, hey, I'm here for you. But Cap, that means something to me to see a guy losing his wife, Houston, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, going everywhere he could to try to get care for his wife. Because she was dealing with cancer right, they for went seven to eight years, a bunch of different cancer centers, all these different places, and she passes away, and it's like I'm now I'm a single dad. What do I do? But he stayed strong. He had to for Parker and mm-hmm. the rest of his family. Well said. Uh, the Parker Fund is on GoFundMe again. Follow at TweetJHood at the Capman. We've retweeted it. Danny's retweeted. It. Everybody has here at the station. Uh, and then obviousshirts.com. You can go right there and you can buy a Jeff Dickerson shirt or hoodie. They're really cool. And 100% of the proceeds uh, from Joe Johnson, Obvious Shirts, 100% of the proceeds uh, will go to that GoFundMe for Parker Dickerson. So if you can help a dollar, a billion, whatever you can do, we'd appreciate it. Uh, the voice of the Chicago Bears, Jeff Joniak, was very close with Jeff. He joins us next to share his stories in two minutes.